Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for today. I thank you for the the privilege and the honor it is to just be able to share your word with with people. And I, I ask you to open our hearts that we would receive, that we would understand, that we would be changed. And I thank you for an anointing tonight that breaks the yoke. If any of us are operating under a yoke of bondage, I just declare in the name of Jesus that the word delivers us. And we thank you for the anointing that's already on the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, just a little bit about me. I'm, um, I'm super practical, like way practical. I, I, um, I'm a school administrator, so I'm, I'm a little organized, maybe over the top, but it's okay. And I love lists. I love, sometimes I will make a list just so I can check stuff off. I, <laughs> I never go to the grocery store unless I have a list. I, um, I never start my day without a list. At one point, I, I prayed scriptures. I still do, but I had, I had 171 scriptures listed, one through 171, that I prayed over Randy pretty much every day. Um, I was not working during that season. I was hanging out with grandkids, so it was, it was easy. But I love lists. Uh, Randy and I have been married, ooh, hurry, 47 years. In August, in a couple of weeks, it'll be 47 years. We have four kids, seven grandkids. We were all, last week, we were at the beach for a week, and it was lovely. So when Randy asked me if I would share, I used to, um, I used to teach a lot, but it's been a few years. But I share from back there sometimes, but this is a little different. But I'm really excited. Several years ago, we lived in Kentucky. We pastored. And um, I wasn't, being in front of people is not really my jam, you know, it's Randy's, all about it. Out of four kids, we have three that are on the stage all the time. They love it, they're great, and we, we got one more like me that's kind of like, it's okay, it's okay, I'll, I'll know God from back here. But I was praying one morning in Kentucky, and... I don't know why the Lord put it on my heart, but I just told him, I will never turn down an opportunity to teach your word. It's too valuable. It's too powerful. I don't, um, like I said, it's not my jam, but that morning I made a commitment to him to never turn down an opportunity when I was asked. I am not even exaggerating. Within 60 seconds, my phone rang. And you guessed it, Frank. <laughs> you guessed it. It was a call from someone in a town that wasn't too far from ours, and they were doing a women's conference. And I, a friend of theirs went to a Sunday school class that was at a church that we pastored. It was, I, I, I'm not sure about the details, but they were asking if I would come and teach. And I thought, this is way too much of a coincidence. So I did. And um, since that time, I've yet to turn down an opportunity, not because of me, but because of the value of the word. And um, this, that's probably what the name of this teaching is going to be, is the value of the word. 
like I said, I'm very practical. Give me one, two, threes or ABCs and I am happy. I like to follow, I follow recipes that I've been cooking for 47 years. I still, I know it's crazy, but I still pull out the recipe and um, I can do it without it because I, I couldn't find my chocolate cake recipe one time and I had to figure it out and it was all there. But I like numbers and I like ABCs. Are you kind of like that? Yes. Yes, I she thought so. List. She makes lists. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> um, so when I was thinking about what to share, I, I knew immediately that I was going to talk about what the word means to me, the value of the word of God. It's just where I live. It's what I love. It has delivered me. It's set me free. It's, it's broken so many things off of me. And I have 10 scriptures. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 scriptures that I'm going to share tonight. Um, I, hopefully the recording will come out and it'll be on, on a podcast. But if not, feel free to jot them down or I'll email you my outline. But it's just 10 scriptures that have absolutely changed my life. So I'm going to start with the first one, and it's funny, it's two scriptures in one, but Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. But John 1.1 also, and John 1.14 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I've, I've read that so many times, but I remember the day that I read that and the light bulb came on. Literally, when I read the Bible, and I'm reading, and this happens for all of us, we're hanging out with Jesus is what we're doing. You know, we are, we're not alone. It's not a book. It's, it's the Word of God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and we know he did that with the Word of God. And that same creative power is available to us. And there's not a day that I don't sit down to read the Bible um, that I don't feel like and know that I'm having coffee with the creator of the universe. That's big. I mean... That's a pretty important person right there. And I know that when I'm, when I'm always drinking coffee, when I get to the place where I'm praying and I'm declaring scripture, and I know he's right there with me. And it's changed my life. Number two, this is why. Hebrews 4.12. And these are all scriptures that we've all read. We've probably been taught um, all of them from time to time. There's just a reminder, but it's where I'm at. It's what's happened in my life. And I hope that if you haven't experienced the same, that you will. Just knowing the, the power of the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word is alive. 
It's effective and it divides soul and spirit. Have you ever been at a place where you just don't know if this is something that is in my soul? You know, your soul is your mind, which is your thinker, your will, which is your chooser, and your emotions, which is your feeler. Just because it's in your soul doesn't always mean it's should, is in your spirit, that it's in the spirit. Um, move to Houston. Well, I don't know. Is that in my soul because I want to move to Houston because I have friends that live there? Or move to Houston? Yes, that's a directive from the Lord. I will tell you so many times when I've struggled with this, just getting in the word, and it doesn't even matter. Eventually, he will lead me to a place where I will see the difference. Um, or you continue to walk down the road wondering if it's soul or spirit, your soul is good. I mean, it's, it's not a good, your feelings are not good leaders, but they're really good followers. So if we have to decide between the soul and the spirit in my life, I just stay in the word and things become more clear and more clear and more clear. And I understand that to, to be in the word, it's not a book, it's alive. It's powerful, and it divides what is soul and what is spirit. And we need that, we need that, um, that definition. We need that difference in our lives because a lot of times, I know for me, I've done some things knee-jerk and discovered later, oh, maybe that wasn't the Holy Spirit. Maybe that wasn't what I needed to do. Um, it's alive, and it's effective. It's it's efficient. The word is the thing that will make us who we need to be. Number three, your word have I hidden. You know the scripture. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Well, I looked up the word hidden. And this is in Psalm 119. That's an amazing chapter. I mean, it's full of instruction about the word of God. Your word have I hidden, your word have I stored up, I've planted, and I've deposited into my heart, which is the inner man, in my mind, in my will, and in my understanding, that I might not sin against you. And you've heard the saying, either sin will keep you from God's word, or God's word will keep you from sin. It's true. It's true. If we will stay in the word, whether we feel like it or not, and we think about what we're reading, we make that deposit into our minds, yes, but into our hearts. Um, and it's so important every day. I'm not as caught up. I'll tell you what, the last, I guess, 40 plus years being married to Randy, I don't know that I've ever known of a day where I have not seen him read the Bible. He just, it's in, it's a part of him. I would like to be like that when I grow up. I'm not sure, <laughs> you know, um, but I'm not as, very few days go by that I'm not, that I, I'm not in the Bible or reading it, but God's cool. He's, he's really good with us if we miss a day. So it's not a bondage thing. It's a desperation thing, you know, it's, um, It's hard to go a day without that because I know what I'm missing. You know, I know what I'm missing. 
Okay, that was number three. Number four, Luke 6, 45. This is a fantastic scripture. A good man out of the good treasure or deposit in his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure or deposit of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So there you go. It depends on what we put in our hearts. It depends on what we put in our minds. What are we thinking about? What are we looking at? What are we listening to? If we want to bring forth good things, we have to make deposits. It's ridiculous for us to go to a bank and say, I would like to take out $42,000 if we've not made a deposit of $42,000 into the account. The same is true. When we deposit the word into our minds and our hearts, and this scripture says it's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth will speak. So the place to make that deposit is in our heart. It's in our heart. And you know when you're reading the scripture and one just pops out at you, sometimes we need to stay there for a while, you know, and take that one. It's good enough to last us for a while. Um, as we make those deposits in our heart, what we speak will change. And what we speak will change our lives. Right? Um, Romans ten seventeen, and this is, this, we've all heard this one. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And a few weeks ago, Christopher, I heard you say this, and I, I, was, I was so excited too because you said, you know, I've just, I've started reading the Bible out loud. Faith comes. I've, ever since I read the scripture, I, have, I read it. In fact, if Randy's still home, I go to a different room because I don't want to disturb him, but I want to hear the word because it brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And this illustration that I, I thought of several years ago is the mail comes by the mailman. But it's going to sit there if I don't go out and take it. So when the mail is there, I got to walk outside and take it out of the mailbox. The same is true for faith. Faith comes by the word and hearing. We have to hear it. Hearing is taking it out of the mailbox. Speaking it is taking it out of the mailbox. We have to take it. And it's powerful. I mean, it is... There have been things that I have found a scripture. Um, I'll say physical healing one time. Um, and I knew, I knew that my body was saying one thing, but the scripture said the other. And I felt like as I was speaking and saying, Father, I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. And you sent your word and you healed me. And, and the, I believe it's in the Proverbs where it says, the word of God is life to those who find it and health and healing to all their flesh and their body. And, but I felt kind of like I wasn't telling the truth, you know, because I was still, the reports were not good. But as I stayed on that against my feelings, and, and, I, and I know we've all heard this. I know Randy's taught it. I know you've heard it from other teachers. But faith came. And I remember the day when I was like, I really 
I know something changed. We just have to outlast it. You know, um, what is the scripture that talks about? Grow, oh, grow not weary in well-doing. Speaking and confessing and, and reading the word is well-doing. For in due season, you will not, if you, you, that's exactly right, you will not faint. And God is just too faithful for that. He's faithful with his word, and we have to outlast him. You know, the time came when I got to where I could speak the word, and I wasn't having to go, oh, you know, make myself, I don't feel like this is right. I, I don't feel like what I'm saying, no faith came from me speaking it. And then the day happened when I knew I had it. Then the day came when I went to the doctor and he was like, I'm not sure what's going on, but everything is fine. Your liver's perfect. You know, it's all great. And that's not a, that's not a hooray for Tammy. That is the word of God. It's so powerful. It's alive. See, that's, we think of medicine, you know, oh, I'm going to take medicine for this. And that's fine. But I'll tell you something a little more alive and a whole lot more powerful than medicine is his word. It's his word. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Psalm 103, 20. And this is, this is a cool scripture. I, I love all these. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little bit excited, but it's so powerful. It says, um, bless the Lord, you his angels who hearken and obey the voice of his word. It doesn't say his voice. If you look it up, it says the voice of his word. Well, I have a voice and he has his word and we don't dispatch angels. We don't say angels do this, angels do that. But when I say by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. And father, I thank you that your word has brought me life and healing to all my flesh. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. It's a real thing. It's powerful. And so what happens when I pray that, and I know this as sure as I'm sitting here, when I pray any of those, the angels are like, uh, that's a sound I can identify with. I know exactly what to do because there's another scripture. I'm not as good as Randy about knowing where the scriptures are, but um, there's another one that says the angels, they have healing in their wings and I'm counting on it. I think we're all counting on it. You know, to get to heaven, here's the thing. We, we stake our entire eternal security on Romans 10, 9 and 10 that you brought up. John three sixteen, but the rest of it is just as powerful and just as dependable as that. So next time you pray the word of God, you just have a picture in your mind of the angels are rushing. They're obeying your voice to his word, to his word. And that works for a lot of um, the next one. First Thessalonians two thirteen. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively, there's nothing more effective 
Like I said a while ago, medicine's good. We've all taken medicine. We need medicine. But you know what's more effective is the Word of God. It's effective. Um, It is efficient. It's active. It's mighty. And it's powerful. And it works in you who believe. Um, Efficiently. Mightily. Powerfully. I, I just... If we work, you've heard Randy say this, if we work the word, the word works. It will work. The word works if we work it. And I believe working it is reading it, saying it out loud, reading it out loud, taking those scriptures that jump out at you. Um, There was one a few weeks ago I read, and I'm working on this one, but it said that God is he's gracious. God is gracious. He's full of compassion. He's slow to anger and he's great in mercy. And this is thought. God is in me. I'm in him and he's in me. So I reckon I have, I can be gracious. I am full of compassion slow to anger and full of mercy, great in mercy. Well, that I haven't seen all that just yet, but that's what I'm currently working on. So you know that, (laughs) but it's a good one. When one of those, when you find a scripture and it pops out like that, grab it. It's probably the Holy Spirit saying, here's one, here's one. And there are three times, so many times, but I picked out three times that I have seen the word deliver me. The first one was, I, I, I grew up in a great family. There wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of positive reinforcement, but there wasn't a lot of negative. There were six kids. Um, we lived in a thousand square foot home, so we were, it was tight. And my mom and dad, they were busy with six kids. My daddy worked and my mom raised us. And, um, for some reason, you know, by default, the devil will sneak in. If, if there's not, um, that's why we always have to have the upper hand with the word. And so we'd been married a few years, and I just always felt like I was so condemned. You know, I just, I really dealt with condemnation and that I was always not measuring up and, and just not doing what I was supposed to be doing. I was a good kid. You know, I mean, I, I just followed the rules, you know, one, two, three, ABC, <laughs> followed the rules. But for some reason, when I grew up, I just felt like I always fell short. And after I heard, I don't, I think it was Gloria Copeland one time teaching on the word. And I thought, I wonder if that works. So Romans 8, 1 was the first scripture I ever memorized. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And I thought, oh, I just feel so, um, I just felt like I was always, the standard was here and I never measured up, just never could get there. And so I remember our little tiny house that we lived in with three kids and I would walk around my kitchen and I declared so many times for so long, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not condemned. I know Jesus. And 
There is therefore now no condemnation to me because I am in Christ Jesus. The feelings didn't go away for a long time. But then one day I woke up and realized, I think it worked. I think it's true. <laughs> I think it's true, you know. And then I began, I ran across the scripture. I'm not sure. I think it's in Thess, First Thessalonians where it says, and he um, made him to be sin who had not sinned that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I thought, are you serious? I can, I am okay with not being condemned. I read that, but the righteousness of God that I could be righteous, not in my own, but because of the blood of Jesus. And God, I tell you, he made Jesus who knew no sin. He put it all on him that I could be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And there is never, ever, ever, ever a reason for us to feel like we fall short. Um, that's a slam in his face for what he did. It's like saying, you know, when we say, we're, I'm sorry, I'm just, I feel like a loser or I am a loser. It's like looking at Jesus on the cross or better yet risen from the grave and saying, sorry, what you did is not good enough. It just did not purchase this person. Could you imagine? I could never imagine. I mean, that's crazy. But we are, the Bible tells us, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. That's a big one, though. That's the condition. Um. So from that point on, I, I don't really deal with condemnation or feeling unrighteous anymore. I mean, am I perfect? Oh, honey, no. Nope, nope. But he, that's the whole reason Jesus died was so we could be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Another one was a few years ago, and I was praying. This is probably, I think, before we even met y'all, maybe seven or eight years ago. And I was praying like I do um, in January 1st, just asking the Lord, what do I need to, um, is there something you would like me to work on <laughs> for this next year? Thinking, you know, all kinds of things, but I wasn't expecting his answer. And he said, just as clear, it wasn't an audible voice, but in my heart, I heard him say, you could be a little more kind. And I thought, oh, well, that, I really didn't want to hear that. <laughs> you know, I really didn't want to hear that I could be a little more kind. And um, then I heard him say this, never underestimate the power of being kind. I, I, it, it changed my life. But the first scripture that my mind went to was, you, you guessed it, 1 Corinthians 13, um, verse 4. So love is kind. Did you know it was a couple of years before I realized that the first um, description of love in that verse is love is patient. The second one is love is kind. So I was like, I guess I was patiently unkind. I don't know. But patience wasn't what he told me to work on. It was being kind. And I prayed that scripture, Father, you're in me. You are love. 
And so love is in me. I can be patient, but I can be kind. I, um, I worked on that for years, Kay. I worked on it for years and years and years. And today, I hear this from time to time. I'm, like I, I said, I'm a school administrator. I have about 75 teachers that I'm responsible for. And sometimes you have to, I'm pretty bossy too. Yeah, I'm bossy. But every now and then I'll hear someone say, yeah, you're really bossy, but you're, you're, ki you're kind about it. And I think, oh, thank God, it's only been like 11 years I've been working on this. It's so nice to hear it, you know, finally. <laughs> but that was the scripture, three words, love is kind. And I would say, Father, I, you live in me and you are kind because you are love. I declare today that I am kind, you know, and I... I haven't moved all the way off of that because I feel like for me and my personality, I probably need to stay on it till a while. So the next one is probably we've all dealt with this and it is um, fear. Fear has a lot of masks. Fear can um, come across. Anger is a form of fear. Being very controlling is a form of fear. Um, worry is a form of fear. Fear is pretty huge. And it's, it's masqueraded as a lot of things. But I, there were some things that I was afraid of. I was afraid of, I didn't want to be alone at nighttime. And I was afraid of heights. It terrified me to get on an airplane. And I remember thinking or reading the scripture that said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I, rem I thought, I don't want anything in my life that God didn't give me. You know, I don't, I don't want anything to control me. But I don't know if any of you deal with fear. It's probably different from mine because, I mean, you know, we all have different things that we have to deal with. And um, I have declared that scripture over me for years and years and years. And one day we were in Toronto. Do you remember the Toronto outpouring? We, were, we had an opportunity to go to Toronto. And at the end of that visit, we went to the CN Tower, and I don't know if you know what that is, but the CN Tower at the time, I don't know if it still is, but was the, the largest freestanding structure in North America. It, it's um, 165 stories, and you had to take like three or four elevators to get there. And I remember thinking, heck no, <laughs> I am not going up there. And then I heard this voice, it was the Holy Spirit, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. And I thought, you're right. You're right. I mean, we have a video. I've made it all the way up there, got all the way to the top. Um, then we took another elevator, 11 more stories that took us to 176 stories. I mean, you could almost see across Lake Michigan. I mean, it was, it was so far up there. And I, I was up against the elevator doors, you know. It has a glass floor at that, you know. So you're looking through the glass floor. I know, it was terrifying. 
But I did it. I did it because God empowered me and I thought, you know what? I belong to him and I'm not going to be in bondage to something that God did not give me. And I got on the ground and I was happy. I wanted to kiss the ground, but I didn't. I was really glad. I still fly. I fly. I, I still don't dig heights, but I'm not afraid. I, you know that thing that grips you and it's a panicky thing? It's not there. I still don't like it, but I'm not afraid of it. And that's what the Word of God will do. It's more powerful. Um, and it took a while. It's not something that happens overnight. But if we stay with it and grow not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We have to outlast them. We have to outlast them. And, um, you know, we can outlast the devil and his voices and his, um, the things he says and, and talks to us about. When... He starts talking to us. We need to start praying in tongues. Or I'll tell you, he'll shut up with the word. And so many times, this last one, no, 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 I'm not going there. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. I'm not going there. But listen, what he did give me, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, which, by the way, is always successful because love never fails. And it's the most powerful thing and a sound mind, which also means, it does mean a sound mind, but it also means balance and moderation. We don't have to be people of extreme. We can be, we can follow God. And I do remember declaring, oh goodness, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. And the last part of it says, love never fails. So I have thought so many times, if I'm walking in love and his love is in me, it's always successful. It's always going to win. Thanks be to God who always causes us to win and triumph. So I, I just have, I have to tell you, the passion of my life is, it's the word of God. I am practical and to me, having something that I can, it's like, it's my handbook for life. You know, we bought a Suburban. It was Randy's first new car he had ever had in his life. It was in 1991. We had four kids, I think, at the time. Nope, we only had three. Three kids in 1991. And we went and we bought a brand new bright blue Suburban. And I couldn't find him in the middle of the night. I didn't know where he was. And he wasn't in bed. He wasn't in the house. Went, went out in the garage. He was sitting in our brand new Suburban reading the handbook. He was reading every, he wanted to know every detail about that brand new Suburban. Like the lights and were they automatic and how did you play the CD player, you know, that was in those days. And I said, what are you doing, hon? And he said, I, I'm just... I'm so thankful that we have a new car. It was just a thing that was a real blessing for him, you know. Um, and he said, I just, I want to read this, this manual cover to cover. 
And I mean, I thought about that later and I thought that's what the Bible is. It's our handbook for life. We cannot, we cannot be in that. We need to refer to that more often than our new car handbook, you know. But that's where your answers are. That's where my answers are. And that's just the passion of my life. I've seen it deliver me. I've seen it save me. It's healed me. It has um, broken off depression off of me, um, my family, just things we go through, things from my childhood, things I didn't even know were there. When I started declaring this last scripture about God didn't give me a spirit of fear, I began to realize that there were areas of my life I didn't know they were fear based, but I noticed they weren't there. They weren't there anymore. I, I wasn't dealing with certain things. Um, I've never been an angry person ever. I'm pretty, pretty unemotional. You know what I mean? Just pretty stable. But there were some things that, um, and I can't even think of any right now, but are so many times I've thought, you know, that doesn't bother me anymore. Like I'm not as self-conscious in being in front of people, I think that was a fear that the word just delivered me from. Um, lots of things. So I, bottom line, I just want to encourage you to embrace. Don't let a day go by that you don't hang out with Jesus by getting in the word because he's going to talk to you. He's, going to, he's so faithful. He is more faithful than we are able. You know, my ability to do these things is not there, but his faithfulness is. And if we are, you know, um, Judy was talking about she was so paralyzed from, you know, a situation that she couldn't pray. And Carol said that as well. And I told her a few weeks ago, you know, I went eight months it was my choice. I was very upset with God about something, and it was a situation in my family that I thought, you know, I think you could have done something about this. I think you could have stopped it. And I was really ticked off. And I said, you know what? I know enough in my heart to know that you are good, and I know you didn't cause it. But, and I wouldn't recommend this to anybody, by the way, (laughs) but I don't want to, I I just don't want to talk right now. I felt like both of my arms were broken and in casts and I could not feed myself. That's how I felt spiritually. And I went on and it was eight months. And I know that my family was praying for me. Um, For a person that doesn't get angry very often, I was not happy with him. And then January, that was in May, and then January well, December 31st, our church was having a prayer, all-night prayer vigil just to pray in the new year. And I stayed at home with um, my grandson. And I got up at midnight to pray. And it was the, f- the first time that I had spoken to him in eight months. And the first word out of my mouth, and I'll tell you what, his mercy, his kindness, his grace. I cried and I cried and I cried. And for those eight months, I knew he was there. He was standing. I knew he was in my life. He was standing over on the side, very patient, just waiting for me to snap out of it. And I did. 
And since that time, I've thought, oh God, I'm just so gracious. I'm so grateful, I mean, I'm so grateful to you that you hung in there with me. And so that was my choice. That was not good. <laughs> but still, his word, he delivered me. He, um, and the situation that I blamed him for is beautiful. It's, it's a, he totally redeemed it, changed everything around. And um, he's just so gracious. So I just want to encourage you, when you're in the word, you're hanging out with Jesus. And he's got lots of cool things to say to you. Amen? Okay. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this evening. I just ask for you, Holy Spirit, to put on our hearts to be in your word um, every day. And I thank you that you speak to us. You show us what we need to um, change. You're, you're just so faithful, Father. And I, I thank you for your word that delivers and heals and saves and set, sets us free. Um, not to mention thousands and thousands of other things. And we appreciate you and we love you. And we um, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.